Previously on Those Were the Days. Was that must be the goofiest goldfish in New York. Thank you, Nancy Reagan. If it's old, I've probably been into it. That must be the happiest goldfish in the city. Like, if you're going to knock, wait. Don't just knock and run in the room at somebody. <laughs> Tidy Bowl Man. And Willis is like, he owes me $75. Which is definitely not on message for the episode. Very casually football spike on it. I'm not saying that I, too, have done this under the influence of marijuana, but... Those Were the Days is filmed before a live internet audience. Hello and welcome to Those Were the Days. This is the show that looks back at those sometimes prehistoric days of television and looks at them through a modern lens. I'm your host for the show this time, Audie, but I am joined by my pack of TV watchers, the Triassic Travis. Purple haze all through my brain. <laughs> the Jurassic Amy. Remember, kids, say no to capitalism. That was the message I was supposed to get from this, right? And the Cretaceous Stephen. Adi, you're so good at podcasting, I'm going to have to fire you so I can hire you again. (laughs) (laughs) And, as you guessed it, we are talking about dinosaurs. You know, the show, Dinosaurs. But not my favorite dinosaurs? Uh, The T-Rex? No, the show Dinosaurs that was on ABC. But, wait, aren't we supposed to be talking about... Drugs episodes of TV? How the heck did they do it with dinosaurs? <laughs> oh, wait, dear listener. Oh, wait. We're going to get there. Uh, okay. Okay. So we're talking about the ABC series Dinosaurs. Now, for those of you who don't know, Dinosaurs was a big deal for the Jim Henson Company. They are the ones that produced it. Dinosaurs was actually the baby of Jim, Hems- Jim Henson himself. The the one thing that is sad about it is he died before it was officially produced and released on television, like the year before. But it's something that he had in his mind since the 80s. Um, specifically since he worked on a, a movie where they did dinosaur puppets and models for this movie that was more an actual scientific thing about prehistoric animals and stuff. And ever since then, he kind of had it in the back of his mind. When he died... They were in the middle of production or, you know, at the beginning of production trying to figure out how to get this show going. So they finally did. It uh, first aired on April 26th in 1991. So we're talking Jim Henson has been playing with this idea for like 10 years and trying to get it off the ground, trying to get anybody to do it. And finally, ABC gave him some money and gave him the green light. Um, one of the most incredible things about this show is that every just about every major character is a suit puppet that somebody mm-hmm. is wearing, somebody is anima- animatronically controlling somewhere else. So, like, when you look up who's playing what character, there's at least three people. The person wearing the suit, the person actually doing the animatronics mainly for the face and stuff, and then whoever's voicing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and some interesting voices... So, we have the father, Earl Sinclair. He was voiced by Stuart Pankin. Um, You may not recognize that name, but you've probably seen his face in a few things here or there. Um, I didn't recognize him too much. Yeah, he's a character actor I've seen in stuff before. Right. Fran Sinclair, the mother, was voiced by Jessica Walter. Oh. Francis Claire walked so that Lucille Bluth could run. Exactly. Yeah, I had <laughs> forgotten <laughs> completely that that was her. And like, yeah. Right? yeah. So I know, I know she's Lucille Bluth, and, but I always remember her from a movie called PCU, where she played President oh, yeah. Thompson. Yeah, she was great in that too. But yeah, I had completely forgotten that she did the voice for Fran, and then mm-hmm. Fran started talking in this, and I'm like, holy, 
That's <laughs> wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To me, she didn't sound like Jessica Walter. Like it didn't sound the voice in my head for Jessica. I've been a while since I've watched Arrested Development. To be fair, mm-hmm. but there's definitely it, it did not immediately connect for me that that was the same person. I'm like, holy moly! I mean, mm-hmm. but she was older when she was doing Arrested Development. The voice yeah. takes a hit as yeah. you age. Yeah. So I think there's a fair amount of sandpaper in there. That was not there with yeah, Fran. Plus, Fran is not exactly uh, as acerbic <laughs> as, true. you know, right. Lucille is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's much more caring, you mm, know. Yeah. Yeah, or, to keep her family you know, together. she's not Mallory Archer either. She's not Mallory right. Archer. So, mm-hmm. not Very quite. different voice, but, but, but yeah, I noticed that right away. Um, mm-hmm. Go ahead. So, Robbie Sinclair was voiced by Jason Willinger, another kind of character actor. Charlene Sinclair was voiced by Sally Struthers. That's where that voice is from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yep. man. Sally Struthers, TV VCR repair. You guys yep. remember that? Exactly. <laughs> like, that's mostly what I remember her for. Like, that's the yeah. only thing I can think I mean, of. All in the Family. She was That was her big yep. claim yeah. to fame. She was in All in the Family, which will be covered one of these days. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah I'm yes. sure of it. But, yeah, the... As a six-year-old watching TV, TV VCR repair, I found I could get a degree in that. Like, sounds legit. <laughs> Let's go. And then the last one specifically for this episode was Baby Sinclair was voiced and puppeted by Kevin Clash. If you don't know that name, he's the guy behind Elmo. Yep. He's not the guy who originally did Elmo. He's the one who perfected the voice that we all know of Elmo now. Um, there's a um, there's a great episode of Reading Rainbow um, where they do like the behind the scenes on the Muppets and Kevin Clash is in there and he makes a LeVar Burton puppet and it's just it's very good. Nice. <laughs> One of my favorites. So there's a really good documentary on him, too. Is it called yeah. Finding Elmo? Like if yeah. you uh-huh. want to if you yeah. want to check that out, it was actually really fun to learn it how was. that all came to be. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that was a voice, too, as soon as the baby spoke. I'm like, oh, that's right, it's Kevin yep. Clash. Like, I recognize <laughs> yeah. that right mm-hmm. away. Um, mm-hmm. There were a couple of other voices that you might recognize in this episode. Um, Sherman Hensley, or Hemsley, was uh, was Helmsley, his boss. Yeah. Hel- uh-huh. Helmsley? Helmsley? Either way. Yeah. Uh, he was, and, and that was awesome. And then, and I didn't recognize him. It was un- wasn't until I looked at the credits afterwards. Uh, Robbie's buddy who mm-hmm. gets him the, the leaf in the first place, is voiced by Christopher Spike. Maloney. Yep. Holy cow. <laughs> and if you listen for it, you can hear it. At all. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. When, you, when awesome. you're listening for it, you're like, oh, hot dang. That is Chris Maloney. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't just play a cop on TV. He plays a dinosaur. <laughs> play a stoner dinosaur. Yeah. Stoner yeah. dinosaur, if which is not Jim that Henson. far from his stoner chef role in... Uh, True. <laughs> what was it? If you were Jim Henson, you could just basically call people up and just have them on your show. Like, I mean, I know mm-hmm. not all these names are big. We're big then that are now, but I mean, some of them. You're like, oh, what? Sally Struthers, like, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, like, that was a big deal. Like, you, you played. Hey, would you like to come play a dinosaur? Like, what? <laughs> what are we talking about? Like Roseanne <laughs> with dinosaurs. And okay, sure, sure. It's just amazing to me. Like, I just. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Well, it's funny, <laughs> just a slight tangent, like, me and Travis have noticed after going through the series Highlander, how many actors start out as character actors and have transitioned into voice work, for whatever reason, yeah. whether that's just their thing, or they've gotten older, and it's like, voice work's a lot easier than getting, you know, on stage or whatever, so, Especially yeah, now could, that you can do it from your house. Right. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you don't have to go anywhere. It's great. But yeah, I, I'm with Steven, like... If Jim Henson called me up and said, hey, you want to do a voice of something? I was like, I said yes yesterday. Let's go. <laughs> you know? right. So we're well, talking it's, about. It's... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, it, you know, voice acting is it is a little bit different from your traditional in front of camera acting. And I know that like Rob Paulson, for instance, is a huge voice acting talent. He didn't start out going for that, but that was that was right. where he was able to like really get a foothold and if you get good at voice acting you work forever and mm-hmm. whenever you want 
And I mean, the cast of The Simpsons basically could just do The Simpsons and work like six weeks out of the year if they wanted to, because they could record yeah. everything at once and be done for the year. And so you see a lot of actors kind of transition into that. And that's kind of cool to see uh, to see them expand and, and try these new things, because it is a different type of acting and not mm-hmm. everyone can do it. And it's, it's great when you do see it. And yeah, this was a this is a show that I'd forgotten uh, some of the voice talent that was in it. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was fun to watch. It was fun to go back and, and look at this. Oh, yeah, for sure. So we're talking about, and here's the weird thing I couldn't find an answer to. On Disney Plus, it's season two, episode nine. If you look at other listings, it's kind of different. I don't know why. I didn't research or find anything specific to tell us that. But uh, season two, episode nine, A New Leaf. And this is one of the drug episodes dinosaurs did. (laughs) They did at least one more. Because this show was not afraid to tackle anything because they had kind of free reign. The, The way the writers and producers talk about it is once they got the show greenlit, the higher ups at ABC just assumed it's a kid's show do good and kind of were hands off. So they got to talking about all kinds of heavy stuff and got away with it because of the way they handled it in this show. And I would say the way they handled it superbly, especially with this episode. So this is an episode that is very much, you could say a parallel to, uh, kind of what we were talking about last time with different strokes and talking about weed. Um, I feel Robbie like has the an... message was different though. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I'm saying that the, the, the thing that was what we were dealing with, yep. the drug quote unquote was similar to weed, but yeah, they handled it a little differently. So, so we start <laughs> off with Robbie having an, you know, a good old fight with his dad about his hair. I mean, spikes. Um, <laughs> and I just wondered, like, what what would that look like with his dad actually cutting his spikes off? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. weird. Uh, I know they're going for the like whole a, hair thing, but maybe he's like a lizard, and it, uh, that's like a defense mechanism. They'll fall <laughs> off if you pull on it, <laughs> you know, and they grow back. Yeah, that's my guess. Oh. And and one thing to to also sort out at the beginning, they are a family that are not any of the same exact species. Just keep going; it's fine. Everything's yeah, fine. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, don't worry about that. I, I I was reading up on some of it, and they were like, "Yeah, we thought about that, but it's a lot more interesting if everybody's different looking." So we just said, "Screw it," and move uh-huh. past it. Uh-huh. And I I never considered that until I saw that in the interview. It's like, oh yeah. That's kind of weird, but it doesn't bother me. So, But who cares? You know, if right. you act like something's normal, it's normal. Yep. It, mm-hmm. It's a fictional world anyway. Just have fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. It's the best lesson to learn from stuff like this. So, in typical teenage fashion, Robbie just storms out, saying, I'm going to leave. I'll be fine on my own, which I thought was hilarious. Like, they got to that point, and he's leaving, and his dad is like, don't you walk away from me, even though he practically just kicked him out of the house? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and then he's walking with his buddy Spike, like we said, voiced by Chris Maloney. Really, really funky voice there. And they're just walking through the woods, like, yeah, we got this. We've got this. We're at the top of the food chain. Some little mammal runs away and, like, hmm. So, plants? Yeah. <laughs> I love uh, plants are slow. Plants yeah. are slow. Uh-huh. <laughs> so good. Well, and like, what a teenage way to do that too. Like, yeah, we got this. We got this. All right, so let's go for the easy thing over here. Like, right, that's going to be work. Let's just have a salad. Yeah, <laughs> and they come across what is known pretty much throughout the episode as a happy plant. Um. They don't give us much of anything except for the fact that it's kind of this purplish colored plant. Nothing special about it. Like, I, it's kind of interesting that they didn't go out of their way to make it look like any particular kind of plant that we might nope. think of. 
Nope. Um, they just... <laughs> It was a purplish color that I think stands out compared to the rest of the kind of typical green and yellows they were doing for the backgrounds and stuff. Um, and then they get high. And they're just loving it. They get real high. Yeah. You know, you, know, you mentioned so funny. You mentioned the purple leaf. And I look, I'm I'm not above enjoying Biodome for what it is. Uh, but the purple leaf made me think of Holly Shore's purple sticky punch. You know? Oh, yeah. That's what, that's what came to mind immediately. Nice. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, I had the same that's thing watching it. it. So Robbie, Robbie's so high, he forgets about the fight with his dad. And he's like, I need to go talk to my dad. I love my dad. And he shows up back at the house with a lot of purple leaves. Offers them to his dad. Now his dad's thinking, what, what? Because Robbie's coming in hot, like, just, I love you, Dad. You were right. I was wrong. This is awesome. I'm happy. Have some leaf. And his dad has some leaf. And his dad gets high. And then we get a musical number. With some really <laughs> impressive choreography. If you yes. take, like, especially take into account these are giant foam rubber suits that oh the person gosh. inside cannot really see what they are doing. Right. And they are they are not nimble. I like they should no, not be like, able to be nimble at all, but they were surprisingly like good at this dancing. Yeah. And at that like it was there amazing. was a part there was a part where like Robbie kinda like steps over uh Earl's tail and I was like, How did yeah, mm-hmm. ooh, yeah. you know that they tripped on that like four times? Right before we got to this that part, was... and yet you have to take a minute to appreciate the cinematography of this whole shot. It went mm-hmm. from a three camera shoot to a daggone stage play with mm-hmm. spotlights right. mm-hmm. seamlessly. Mm-hmm. Like, holy crap! I'm like, oh, oh, wait, I'm watching a Broadway musical framed as if I'm mm-hmm. watching like Hamilton Live on Disney Plus. <laughs> I was just blown away at that. It was so good, mm-hmm. so well done. And I love that Earl uses his tail as a chair. That just him just sitting down, like yeah. on his tail, mm-hmm. just made me tickled me because I would do that if I had a big yeah. old tail like that. Oh yeah, I'd you, figure out. You I'd don't see it much in this episode, like but his armchair that he sits in normally is just the arms. Like that's something they figured <laughs> out with his costume. That's how he sits. So <laughs> his armchair amazing. is just the two arms. You can see it in the background, but yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> so like when they finish the dance number, they go and sit down, and Earl just plops down like he normally does. Charlene shows up, like, here, have plant. We happy. She's like, okay. And she immediately gets hooked on it. Like, there's no, like, hey, let's fade in and come back. She's like, oh, yeah, this is good stuff. And then we find out they've been there half the day. Because mom comes into the room and is like, what? Don't you have to go to work? Earl's like, oh, yeah. I guess I should go to work. That's something I do. And then he laughs at himself because he realizes he's not wearing any pants. <laughs> it's like... No one's wearing any pants. None of you do, dude. <laughs> Said the baby. Doesn't it be yeah, he, he wears a diaper. A diaper. Yeah. 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 Because babies yeah. wear diapers. <laughs> um, there's some more philosophizing later, so we'll get there. Um, so Earl apparently goes to work and gives all his buddies at work more of the leaf too. And it's funny cause he's walking in without his hard hat and they're just like, Hey, what are you doing? Watch out. Um, for those of you who haven't watched the show, Earl's job is to push trees over. It's very That's good. it. Yeah. He's a logger. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> so good. His best friend is a T-Rex and I forgot about that. Is Roy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. arms, and I forgot yeah. about how good it was. Yes, yeah. oh, <laughs> totally forgot about that. And then uh, there's that, yeah. there's that shot of him later on, and you just see the little tiny arms hanging there. And I was like, oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. <sighs> so good. <laughs> and it's times like this where you forget again. These are all people in suits, uh-huh. interacting with each other. Can't hardly see. They probably have a little monitor like right Can't here in front of their face that gives them a camera angle, but. Um, again, a 1991 monitor in right, front of right. their face. Yeah. Like, exactly. let's not forget. <laughs> so 
So Earl passes out purple leaves to everybody. And they're all like, okay, you're late, dude. You know that, right? And Earl's boss, um, what was his name? Uh, Richfield. Richfield, Richfield, yeah. yeah. Mr. Richfield, in typical fashion, which I don't know how Sherman Hemsley kept his voice throughout the show because it seems like all he does is yell for most of it yeah um but he yells for him to get in there and earl goes into uh his office slash trailer and is still just high as a kite and talking to his boss about how much he loves him his boss doesn't doesn't understand any of that is ticked as all get out which he typically is Always mad, always yelling. Um, I loved when he was talking about, um, Earl was talking about, you know, trying to to get with everything and find that inner child inside you. And Richfield is like, <laughs> oh, the only little boy inside me is the one I ate for breakfast and I'm eating his sister for lunch. Sister for lunch. <laughs> that was He's so like, good. He was always... Tr- the most terrifying character that you wondered what he was going to do. And he's a triceratops. Like, he's a herbivore. So mm-hmm. the like, best but is, he's horrifying. There are, there's the meme from uh, Jurassic Park, right? Like, the first one where they've got the sick triceratops, and they have, they have changed Richfield, and it's just very good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's quality stuff. Uh-huh. Oh, it's so good. I mean, he, <laughs> Mr. Richfield is, is probably my favorite character in this episode yeah. just because he, you know, <laughs> they, they, they have that giant costume. He sits behind that desk, never moving. Mm-hmm. And I think they even like green screen that to make him look bigger and more intimidating. The but, set was real. They green screened mm-hmm. Earl on top of him because they couldn't actually move those two puppets together. Yeah. yeah. We really, to be fair, mm-hmm. we also don't really know how big. Or, uh, Mr. Ridgefield is in real life because camera framing is magic uh, in yeah, these right. situations. Like, that could be a shoebox for all we know. Mm-hmm. Now it's more detailed. It was probably much bigger than a shoebox. But I don't think it was like there was a person in there. It was right. probably staged in such a way and shot in such a way that it was a reasonable size. Mm-hmm. That's why they had to green screen Earl on top of it when he approaches the desk. Right. But Richfield's such a fun character because you've got that whole um boss capitalism stuff that he frequently peppers in like when he says i ought to kill you and your whole family but i'd probably get in trouble with the union <laughs> line i was like oh my gosh so he's like ah, i'll just fire you there's stuff like that that gets peppered in and that's something this show peppers in everywhere all the time little things like mm-hmm. that okay so he fires Earl, and Earl is so happy, like we just said. He climbs up. He doesn't have to go to work anymore. He doesn't have to work That's, anymore, and he gives Mr. Yeah. Richfield a big old kiss. <laughs> <laughs> and Richfield's just... This is one of those things where it's the magic of puppetry, where they just have his bottom lip quiver just a little bit. Right after that. Like, you see his face just stunned, and his bottom lip just quivering. Just a little yeah. bit, and his hands like, like he doesn't know how to react at all, <laughs> and it's done so freaking well through the puppetry. And then Earl's like, "Okay, bye." And so we cut to we don't know how long yet. We're about to find out. Earl, Robbie, and Charlene are sitting at the table in the kitchen, just. High as I'll get out. Earl's playing with the spoon and sugar. Robbie is just passed out. Dar- Charlene's playing with some little necklace like bead. 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 <laughs> yeah, she's gone hyper focused. Yep. And then we cut. This is the first time we've seen the baby all episode. Like, And the baby is the character that kind of makes this show and is one that I think everybody glommed onto and. It was like, as long as the baby's hitting Earl to the head, we're good. So he's <laughs> finishing up a bottle, and he's like, I want more food. And nobody's paying attention to the baby. The baby's like, more food. More food. 
<laughs> baby on fire. And they <laughs> finally pay attention to him. Um, to be fascinated by the baby. To be fascinated. Look at like, his arms and legs. Yeah, <laughs> Which exactly. is how I respond to a baby when dead sober. So yeah, I don't know what sure. that says about me. <laughs> we, <laughs> like, look at his little legs. We do get a few funny little things just before that. Like Robbie having this epiphany that maybe we're being watched by cameras hidden in the wall. And he points. And everywhere he points is an actual camera. We're watching. Which is so great. That was, Especially, that was one of my alternate openings. Was that like, remember kids, drugs make you break the fourth wall. <laughs> <laughs> this this episode was much more meta than I remembered the show yeah. being too. Very much. Yeah. Like, I loved when he pointed at the one camera and went up and down and the camera followed his <laughs> finger up and yeah, down. The camera kept following <laughs> his was, finger. That was, uh-huh. that was the first... That was that, the first moment in this episode that I actually laughed out loud. Like that was that was the point that got me. I just died. I was like, uh-huh. this is, that's brilliant. And then there was <laughs> Earl's little nugget of wisdom, like our numerical system is based on ten, but we only have eight fingers. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, that's great. Um, so <laughs> I was watching a clip earlier from a previous episode, and Robbie's asking why do they count in. Uh, years backwards <laughs> because they're, they're still counting the years the way we do it's like and they just brush it off but it's funny little I stuff like that I love when shows do that like I love when shows just brush off ridiculous stuff um like there's like it's the it's it's so classic like they do it a bunch in this one there's a there's a bit in a in what we do in the shadows where it's like I'm gonna take my clothes off so I can turn into a bat well, no you don't have to do that well where do the clothes go well, don't worry about it. Let's just keep going. And it's just like this, it, we don't need to answer everything. Like, just go. Eh, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. So they they realize the baby's there. They go and like, oh, baby, baby. And then um, mom comes back, Fran, and the baby's like, ah, oh, somebody who will feed me. Where's the food? And mom's like, well, I couldn't get any food because apparently we don't have any money. And Earl's like, oh, yeah, that's right. I quit like a week ago. <laughs> Which, like, let me tell you, I live in some, some pretty dire financial straits most of the time. You know what I mean? Like, I live, but you miss a week and you are not buying any food at the grocery store. You guys, like, this is where I came back to capitalism is the true evil in all of this. <laughs> Because they could all just be stoned all the time and living in a happy, you know, society. But no, they (laughs) they have credit scores to worry about. Mm -hmm. I mean, but look, he's got a family of five and he's a logger. Like, I mean, how much does he get paid to push over those trees? He can't make a nest egg with with like hungry teenagers in the house and a baby. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Are you kidding that's more than anybody could handle. Like, yeah. maybe they are living week to week. You know, that's rough. I, in defense of Earl's Earl's livelihood. I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah, another nice right. House. If they had a universal basic income, this maybe they could feed their right? family. Yeah, <laughs> it was funny. It's I was emails that those were the days show at gmail.com. Just on that tangent, I watched another some other clips, and one of them was Earl asking for a raise, and Sinclair was like, "What?" Why should I give you more money for doing the same thing you do? It's like, well, because I have a family. And he's like, so? Why is that my problem? <laughs> yeah. Have less family. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. Eat one of them. Right. So, <laughs> Fran's had it. She's like, no, you're going back and you're going to get your job right now. So, we got Fran and Earl going back to the log site. And we find that everybody else has been chomping on some purple leaves and all his mm-hmm. buddies are doing a little congo line well everyone but eddie and this is one oh, of the eddie. things that i loved about this part is eddie. three of his buddies there all fine happy as all get out eddie it has a different effect on eddie <laughs> and he's Poor just eddie. paranoid it's like yep. <laughs> he used to like it but it made him paranoid wait did it make me paranoid oh no (laughs) so much so that they go into uh richfield's trailer and even eddie been painted which has been tie-dye 
psychedelic tie dye uh-huh. painted and oh, so good. Like the electric mayhem got to it. It's very right. good. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And they go in there, and Eddie pokes in. Is like y'all talking about me? It's like no, Eddie, back off. Like, <laughs> he, he comes back and are y'all going to be talking about me when I leave? And they're like no. <laughs> And we Even catch- Richfield's like, be cool, man, be cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Richfield has turned into a hippie. And flowers. oh my gosh, the flowers, him singing was oh, just man. so great. Travis did it a little bit for his intro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just mm-hmm. singing some purple hay, just singing hay. along to singing some purple hay, singing along mm-hmm. to Jimi Hendrix. And who wrote that in their time? Was there a Jimi Hendrix alternative dinosaur guy? There definitely who could rock and roll. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Uh huh. Maybe maybe this isn't in the past. This is dinosaur. This is just a parallel dimension where the dinosaurs lived, and they're just the same things happened, but they're dinosaurs. And (laughs) the finale would beg to differ. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you're not wrong. (laughs) I don't know where we're going. The 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 Jimi, Amy, the train we're on right now. <laughs> the uh, the Jimi Hendrix dinosaur is a T Rex, and that's the amazing thing is he can play guitar with, those tiny <laughs> with arms. the tiny arms. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so Sinclair's high as a kite, and is just talking about how much he loves Earl now, and that he wants Earl to be his his right hand man, his partner. Right up until the phone rings, <laughs> and Richfield's been fired. He hangs up the phone. It's like, yep, sorry, I've been fired. Let's have some fun! And gets right back to it like (laughs) nothing happened. We don't get any real resolution with this. They kind of just leave it alone, and Fran and Earl are just like, what? So, then we cut to the next day. Earl, Robbie, and Charlene are all lying down the floor of the house. And they're all apparently just waking up. And apparently have gone through all the leaves they have. Except for one. And they start fighting over it. And then Fran shows up. And she's like, what are y'all doing? And she says, until you clean up, we're out of here. And her and the baby are about to leave. Baby has to get his licks in though. (laughs) <laughs> and we also get another great reference to some of the drug messages we have heard uh-huh. over the years. <laughs> so good. He's just sitting there with a the pan. This is your brain. This is your brain on the plant. And whacks her all across the things. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing about the this is your brain, this is your brain on drugs, right? Because mm-hmm. it was like the egg and then it was yeah. the beautiful egg frying right. in butter. Mm-hmm. Mm, mm. I don't know if that's the message you're looking for. Yeah. That, that does not. Do you have any questions? Yes. Is there also bacon? Yeah. <laughs> that's my question. That looks delicious. <laughs> Fantastic. I was feeling mm-hmm. peckish from the drugs. <laughs> Until a few years later when Rachel Lee Cook did it and she's like just trashing the whole apartment. She's <laughs> did you yeah. all remember that yeah. one where she's like, oh, yeah. This is your brain and this is your family. <laughs> She just went down the, or the line. One, All right. The if one you haven't seen that, YouTube deflated. that one because it's phenomenal. I'm Remember the one with the up. kid that's deflated? Yeah, oh yeah, oh, yeah. I did that for a while. That one was mm-hmm. weird. You guys remember the nobody says they want to be a junkie when they grow up? Yeah. You know, <laughs> <Yep. all>, like, <laughs> I don't know, actually. <laughs> what's, what is a junkie? I remember just right. sitting there going, what's a junkie? It told mm-hmm. me nothing. <laughs> Nothing. I just knew I didn't want to be a junkie, whatever that was. Right. (laughs) So after Fran finally leaves, it kind of hits Earl that maybe maybe we need to stop doing this. Um, But only after they've gone into the woods and frantically looked for more and more leaves. Until they finally see Spike on the ground, just sitting there still high as a kite. They're like... Wait, do we look like this? And I love Happy it because in the woods, thriving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he has like moss growing on him. He's not exactly thriving, right? 
That moss is but he's not he, he's not dead if that's yeah. our standard yeah <laughs> he's fine <laughs> and i i love that earl's they're like well let's just leave the plant here charlene's like should we destroy it and earl's like no no we should not we should persevere we should be better than that and leave it here knowing that we conquered it Cut to Fran right next to him. Yep, we're burning it. That's a good idea, too. That's fine. Mm -hmm. You don't know. This plant could have also had medicinal properties. You don't know. It's clearly unknown to dinosaur kind. Maybe this could have saved them all, Fran. Did Mm -hmm. you ever think of that? No. Who knows what would have happened with the uh, fumes from that burning plant, too. Also that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Tradition dictates. Except for right when that happens... We hear cut. Yeah. Yeah, we do. And this episode takes a turn that I don't think anybody was expecting at all. (laughs) Not not one bit did I expect. No ending. We follow Roddy, who apparently, whose real name is Robert Sinclair. Yeah. On the adult-themed mega-hit Dinosaurs show. And so, <laughs> I've got to read it because this whole thing, like, you can't yeah, it's just... it's so good. Yeah. So, this is what we end up with. Um, one of the camera dudes is like, it got a little preachy towards the end. And Robbie responds, indeed it did. You see, folks, drugs are a ma- major problem in our society. Drugs ruin lives, divide families, and lead to preachy, heavy-handed sitcom episodes like this one. Of course, we managed to keep it delightfully funny and upbeat, but other shows aren't so lucky. There's an epidemic in television today that threatens the very fiber of our comedy that we hold so dear. When one show does an anti-drug episode, other shows feel pressure to do one too. Now they're even going after the younger shows. I mean, we've only been on for a year. And here I am talking to the camera. So come on, say no to drugs. Help put a stop to preachy sitcom endings like this one. It's up to you <laughs> to make a difference. And that's when I cried laughing. Yeah. <laughs> I had nothing. I was just I was just a puddle. It was amazing. Well, it was it was so well executed because you hear cut. Robbie starts walking off, and you've got a dinosaur running a camera. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then they just lean into it. And, and Amy, you had posted in our group chat a link to an article where they interviewed the two yeah. creators of the show about this particular episode. Yeah. Um, and I read that, and it was great because the show got created, and the thought was, oh, we're going to have a new, the new Simpsons, and this will be a huge hit. And it wasn't <laughs> it the huge was hit that they thought it would be. And so, like Audie said earlier, ABC, the executives were just kind of like, all right, just do whatever you're doing. And they just kind of left them alone so they could yeah. slip stuff in there. And I loved how subversive this episode was because mm-hmm. it's it's the drugs episode, but it's not because you... it's not the preachy anti-drug episode. They 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 really wanted to kind of be like, look, this isn't a bad thing, but moderation is what you need. If you if mm-hmm. you overdo anything, it's going to be bad. And let's show that part of it and like going in that direction was brilliant and it's a it's become a cult classic episode. It's become one that people remember. Um, I was looking at the IMDb listing, just going kind of scrolling past episodes, and this one is ranked like two or three points higher than any other than like other episodes. Yeah, you know they're like six and a half, seven. This is like an eight and a half. Like it's way above because wow. people really like mm-hmm. this episode. Um, I mean, you it's can't the- tell me that there were no drugs involved in the <laughs> making of a sitcom starring dinosaurs. <laughs> if anything, this is the anti-drugs episode episode. Yeah. Yeah. At the end there. Sure. I took away a lot of wrong lessons from this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll tell you, the hero of the story to me, though, is Fran, because I've been around friends that are drunk when I was the sober one, and mm-hmm. I could feel the tension <laughs> of her trying to manage her family of yep. high idiots and just going, why is there no food? Oh, don't worry. Be like, no, we have to worry about food. <laughs> what is wrong with you people? Well, we like, that kind of stress I identified with. We, ate the, we got through the baking soda at the back. 
Yeah. It's so good. And we're talking about it for our drugs episode. There are a lot of episodes that tackle other subjects similar in a similar fashion. Like there's definitely a religion cult episode. There's Mm -hmm. one where Robbie comes out as an herbivore. Mm-hmm. And it's a big deal. <laughs> oh yeah! So there's at least one more drug episode that we did not tackle. Um, yeah. So I think wasn't there one where Fran Fran gets sexually harassed or something? Yeah, I think too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Plus, mm-hmm. just the the idea of making you you called it Roseanne with dinosaurs earlier, uh, and that's basically what it was. Yeah. And to just to do that in general is pretty impressive, and to do what they did. Uh, and tackle the kind of stuff that they did because they could just get away with it. It's it, it's one of those because it's a kids show, right? It's puppets, right? The Muppets did the same thing. The Muppets were able to yep. like go after stuff that wouldn't fly in a normal variety show mm-hmm. because they were puppets and Muppets, and and they could just get away with that. And the same thing here. And I love that kind of stuff. It just it it always amazes me the kinds of things that you can tackle uh, and and go for and get away with because you're doing in an alternative style that uh, the normies don't understand. Watch this show for that. Anything you want with them. Watch this show for that because they have, there's one episode where there is a meta line about that. Earl's watching something with the baby. Fran walks in and he's like, this kid's show is really something. And Fran's like, it's just puppets. Don't worry about it. He's like, but no, there's like some witty writing going on with these puppets. It's like, it's just puppets. (laughs) Yeah. I did not remember dinosaurs being that meta. Like I rem- I remember yeah. watching yeah. I remember it. I remember the show. I remember watching it, but I didn't remember the meta humor in it. And that was probably my favorite thing in this entire episode was like that moment with Robbie where he's like, "Hey, what if we're what if we're being watched by cameras and there's one there? Then over there. <laughs> and the air." And I was just like, "Oh, this is this is brilliant. This is so good." Well, it I, was the comedic timing in that where he points and then he like slowly like it was like five seconds of him moving his finger around yeah, the camera oh, following it. So and that's dumb. what got me. Uh-huh. Yep. It was just the timing was so good. And I think it was just it was Jim Hinsony like all mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. the place. Well, that's oh, what yeah. I was about to say. If anyone is a master of the meta humor, it's Jim Henson. And I think we find that in so much of the stuff he's produced. Especially like the Muppet Show. After watching it now as an adult and seeing what kind of jokes were in there and what kind of insinuations were in there, and just how he's done that with all the Muppet movies he's produced, um, all the different movies he's done, um, it's just really interesting to see it now. You know, as more of a grown adult and looking through this lens of, okay, this is supposed to be a kid show, right? Yeah, uh, sure. That's what it's <laughs> <Yeah>. called. <laughs> it's called a kids show, but it's a show for everybody. And I, I feel like we, we don't get that as much these days. I'm not sure that's necessarily a bad thing, but there's a lot more shows in television that's targeted specifically to a small niche demographic. I don't feel like there's too many shows that do this, um, like Henson did. I, the one I will preach to the end of days, Bluey, is one. Mm-hmm. If you haven't watched the Australian cartoon Bluey, that's one that there is definitely a humor in there that adults will get that kids won't understand, but it's still so much fun that the kids love it too. But definitely in my circles, I feel like the adults like it more than the kids do. So, <laughs> <laughs> Which I wonder how much the Muppets were for our parents and stuff. Like, I... I remember talking about, um, what was it, this last week, it was the anniversary of when Mr. Snuffleupagus showed up on Sesame yeah. Street as an actual character. Until that point, yeah. he was that only... adults could see. That people could, yeah, grow Right. Up, up until that point, he was only Big Bird's... Um, imaginary friend. Imaginary friend. I don't remember that at all. My mom tells stories about how her and all the other moms... Were glued to the television to finally see who Mister Snuff like it was a thing for them. But you know, I, I wonder. Yeah. I wonder if the shows that aren't aimed at such a wide audience now um, as much is because we don't have we have so much more proliferation of like ways that you can watch things. 
Yeah. And so it's not just networks. We don't we don't have a TGIF lineup, right? Right. Where right. it's it's appointment viewing and everyone's sitting down and watching that. So shows kind of had to cater to a really wide audience and try to to hit everything. We don't need that as much as we did yeah. back then. And so shows can be more niche. Um, and yeah, Sesame Street I mean, was for kids, but the Muppet Show was never for children. No, yeah. absolutely not. And neither was this. Yeah, I don't, no, I don't really, know really that it's a. I don't know that I, that it's a good thing that we have such a wide assortment of television. Like, I mean, I know that's not a. It's a. Unpo- it's just a hot take. Like, I probably think about this for a while <laughs> and come back with a different idea. But like, because there's so many. Like, sure, I can find my little television corner that I like, and the tribe of people I like to hang out with. But it removes like that common ground. You know, mm-hmm. you had the weather. You had their politics, and you had your TGIF lineup. That's what you talked about at work. <laughs> did you see the latest episode of Hanging with Mr. Cooper? You know, like people did. Now you're like, maybe that guy over there watches Star Trek, you know, mm-hmm. New Worlds or whatever. It's hard to, I mean, everybody's watching some stuff. But it's, you know, but I, I don't know where I'm going with this, <laughs> other than I can't decide if I, if I like the idea of, like, network television in a small you know, try and get everybody kind of kind of way or that everything everywhere. Like, we're going to run out of actors, y'all. Yeah. Like, at some point, there's going to be less people that are ta- as good as the big names we know. We're going to be like, who's mm-hmm. that guy? They just had to grab somebody because they're just, you know, Marvel's got everyone. Right. If you well, want I, an Oscar, you're in a Marvel movie. I think in the age of streaming and streaming apps, everybody's trying to get their app home that they want everybody to come to. And try to cater to everybody that way. Not necessarily a show, but a group of shows oh, and stuff. A sweeping, uh huh. Because you, yeah, you know, yeah, you've got, got you. Netflix, but you've got Paramount Plus. You've got um, what is it, Peacock for the NBC stuff? Uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And well, it's it's the early days of cable again. Cable yeah. started out like that, where you would have there was a couple of of channels, and then they started having these specialized channels that would that would be a specific thing and you would have all the different channels and each channel had to have its own whatever. Mm-hmm. And we're getting that with streaming services now. Right. And it's just the, the difference is instead of buying one big package with all of them, you're, you're buying each channel a la carte. You're buying right. the Disney channel and getting everything that it has and the HBO channel and getting everything that it has. And so it's, it is changing the way that we watch stuff in a lot of ways. It's just a slow change for the production of things. Mm-hmm. So. Lots of money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah from us and from them. Everybody's oh, yeah. throwing money everywhere. I wanted a la carte so I wouldn't have to spend $100 a month on TV. Now I'm spending $100 a month on TV just so <laughs> I can watch Star Trek and Ted Lasso and Stranger <laughs> Things and, you know, The Office just I yep. need 87 different yeah. services to make that happen. Yeah, it's the both good and grumpy bad. old man yells at Cloud. Yeah. <laughs> good job, old man. So, <laughs> but that was the episode of Dinosaurs. Before we close that down, I wanted to ask you guys a question. What was your favorite dinosaur, one, growing up? And if it's changed, what is your favorite dinosaur now? Amy. Uh, I'm going to go with Triceratops, and I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to stick with it. It's a good one. I have no reason to change. <laughs> uh, I have I have a traumatizing story about a T-Rex from when I was little, but that's for that's for a post-show or another time. Uh, <laughs> so that that could never be my favorite, but uh no, I was big on the Triceratops. I don't know why, but he was my favorite. Triceratops nice. is a good dino. It's a good dino. It's a good mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. Steven, what about you? I'm a generic kid who loved a Tyrannosaurus Rex, and now I'm a generic adult who loves a Tyrannosaurus Rex because he's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, a, as a kid, he was ferocious. As an adult, he's, I have this thing with my son. So he bought a Tyrannosaurus Rex. He, I say he bought it. He was three. I bought it for right. him. Uh, a little hand puppet. And it's, it's rubber. It's one of those rubber mm-hmm. ones you put your hand in, you're like, ew, this is, feels wrong. But you do it. Yep. And it's too small for my hand. So I put the T-Rex on my hand, and it gets dirt face. Like, its eyes <laughs> yeah. like go down to the side. 
So I invented this character named Devender, the dinosaur, and he yells about how his hands are too small all the time. Nice. So it's become a thing now whenever I've just wandered around. I'll just get my wife with some joke about having too much too tiny arms and doing stupid stuff, and it will make her laugh so hard. And I'm like, this is this has got legs, and that's why I love the T-Rex because it's just made for me to make into a thing to make mm-hmm. other people laugh. Well, it's got to uh, have legs. It it's got to have legs because yeah. it's got no arms. Right. <laughs> that's right. The exactly. has got very tiny arms. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid nondescript accent, and it just makes me so happy. Uh, sounded like grew a little bit there to me, but it depends on what what the moment is. Sure, you know? I can't make it the same every time. Mm-hmm. What do I look like a voice actor? It drifts in and out. Right, it drifts. Yeah, it goes from the German to like French, like <laughs> Dutch, back and forth. Uh, I'm offending lots of people with it. It's great. <laughs> Good job. Let's offend everybody Perfect. equally. Travis, what yeah, about you? Everybody's. When I was a kid, it was like it was a T-Rex. It was a Stegosaurus. I really liked Allosaurus because uh, oh. it was kind of a, a smaller version of a T-Rex in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Um, but I kind of I, I really really centered in on the Stegosaurus. There was something about this mean looking uh, big plates and spikes and all that, but just wanted to chill out and chomp on plants. <laughs> Nice, like your spirit animal. I want to. I want to be defensive, but I can also hurt someone with my wicked tail if I want. To. <laughs> exactly. Mostly, I want to be left alone. I just want a salad. But if you do get in the way of me getting a salad or try to hurt me, is is not going to end well. And then nice. I'll go back to my salad. <laughs> salad works. That's a good one. I was thinking about this for me. It. I think my favorites came from two different cartoons. First, when I was really young. I really dug the brontosaurus because of the land before time. Mm-hmm. I saw oh, that yeah. little foot. Yeah. Him carrying that dang leaf all over the place. Somehow it stayed together. Sure. Um, but just that. And then I think my other one was also because of a cartoon. And I'm going to agree with Travis. It was the Allosaurus because of this cartoon called Dino Saucers. Where Dino Saucers. Dinosaurs were somehow... I guess taken to an alien world or something, and then they evolved into their own civilization, come back to Earth for some reason, and the leader of the good guys was an Allosaurus. So, and they had this weird thing that uh, apparently, when they needed to, they could go full dinosaur, hit a button, and they'd grow up and be like a full dinosaur, but also with a teeny tiny dinosaur brain. So, like, it was kind of their version of hulking out for some reason. Sure. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And then now I would say, I think because of Jurassic Park, I've really enjoyed the Velociraptor and I've enjoyed getting to know what a Velociraptor actually is and how big they mm. actually are compared to how Steven Spielberg thought they should be. Um, and there's also what are the ones that spit because I'm into those too. The, I feel Dilophosaurus. that. Dilophosaurus. Yeah. Yeah. Which actually didn't sometimes. spit, apparently. Yeah. Like, the actual didn't dinosaur spit. didn't spit mm-hmm. like that. But Look, frog DNA does weird junk to dinosaurs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. Exactly. You can just hand wave it away yeah. with frog DNA. Yeah. That's why but the velociraptors... didn't have feathers. And yeah. they were frog DNA, yo. Yeah. Well, they covered their butts in one of the movies where B.D. Wong was talking about, like, I ma- we made the dinosaurs look like what everybody thinks the dinosaurs should look like. It was like, there yeah, we go. That's fine. Hand wavy. That's fine. But... Good job. Hey, if I go to a place, that's what I want to see. I don't Listen, want giant right. turkeys. I when got those on their, at home. When they're on their eighth iteration of what could possibly go wrong. <laughs> I just That's mm-hmm. fine. We don't need an explanation anymore. Nope. Yeah, I can't wait. No. So, that was our episode on dinosaurs. Next week, who, who we got next week? It's me. Oh, Steven. Uh-huh. All right. So next yeah, week. It's me. What are we watching? Are you ready? So, okay. So we've talked about this a few times, but y'all are going to have to sit through what I think is one of the greatest sitcoms of all time, Taxi. Yes. Uh, the, we, as Travis has said before, there's a Venn diagram that's actually a circle of eight-year-olds who like Taxi, and that's me. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and I've been excited to share this episode with you all since the day we said we were going to do this show. Holy cow. Uh, it's probably one of my favorite episodes of Taxi. It's called Latka's Cookies. 
Nice. Uh, and it is episode, uh, episode uh, season three, episode eight. And it's unfortunately only available on Daily Motion, but it, it works great. Uh, as I, I previewed a little bit of it, and I was like, oh, man. I can't <laughs> wait to get back into this. So um, this show didn't last a long time. Uh, but it made it had an, it had an impact. You'll you'll get to see some of my favorite characters from the show get some real good moments to shine, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm really excited about. And I have one question before we all watch this show. I want to know what your answers are. Uh, what drug do you believe is involved in this particular episode? If you had to take a guess at what drug we're going to be exposed to, uh, which one would it be, uh, Amy? I, I've I've already done the research, so I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna. Oh, you're gonna recuse yourself? Yeah. Okay. All right, Travis. Did you look this up, or do you have uh, to guess? I did not. I'm gonna guess, and being that it's cookies, I'm just gonna guess that it's weed. Weed cookies from Travis. All right, Adi. Do you know, or or can you can you be a part of this trivia game? I have no idea. I'm gonna guess it's gonna be some random drug from wherever Latka's from that we don't actually random know. Latka drug. Okay, good. And you playing along at home want the same info from you. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a poll, watch the Twitters, or just send in, you know, just tweet us what you think is in the Just cookies. tweet us random drugs. Just tweet, yes. us, tweet us drugs. Just shout love drugs at that level of attention. Yeah, it'll be fine. <laughs> uh, those were the days show at gmail.com or those days show on Twitter. Uh, let us know what drug you think are in the cookies. Speaking so of, did we get that. any emails about dinosaurs, Travis? We got no emails about dinosaurs. We did get a couple of responses on Twitter. Uh, Matthew Sargent said, Dinosaurs is on Disney+. Plus." I'm going to have to check that out. Haven't seen that show in a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Miller just responded with, Not the mama! And a gif of the baby <laughs> beating Earl with a bat. Yep. And Rachel... I feel like that they all said again, like the yes. baby did. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Rachel F. said, as someone who had to sneak watch this show as a kid, I'm so excited for this episode. Also, my cat sitter has said many times that my old cranky cat has a specific not-the-mama face she makes when he walks in. So. <laughs> <laughs> the dinosaurs lives on, man. Yeah, it's, it does. It's, it does. Like it's, it's catchphrases are going to stick around. Mm-hmm. I love it. My My favorite of that was the episode where he's just hitting Earl over the head and Earl says, you do that one more time and I'm going to throw you across this room. He thinks about it <laughs> and then he does it. And the next shot you see is as Charlene's walking into the room, the baby flies and hits the wall. Boom. <laughs> and the baby gets out. He's like, Bleh. again, it's like, okay. <laughs> Once again, that's Jim Henson humor through yep, and through. Absolutely. That is very much. Um, <laughs> anything else y'all want to say about dinosaurs? I, I, I liked the show. I, I'm going to start watching some of these shows twice, uh, because it takes my one episode for me to figure out what I'm watching. <laughs> this has been a common thread through like the entire series of our show is yeah. I need to watch it once to get my head right. And once to enjoy myself, mm-hmm. um, that's, I think, and dinosaurs is one of those. I was like, what? I'm watching. Then I was like, "No, I'm watching genius play out. I'm just, <laughs> mm-hmm. I just need to get my head around it." And then the end came, and I was like, "That was the best setup for a punchline I have ever seen." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it, it for me, it's like you you see on Twitter and stuff, people will say, "Oh, let's recast this movie or this show with Muppets." That's what Dinosaurs was. Dinosaurs yeah. was <laughs> taking Roseanne and replacing all of the characters with puppets and. That was what we got, and it ran for four seasons. So, mm-hmm. any final words, Amy? The show ran for. I can't believe this show ran for four seasons. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying it's not good. I just can't believe this show ran for four seasons. Look, it was the '90s. It was I just, know. It was a different time. The darkest thing we time. had in the '90s was like Law and Order. Like this is, and now we're like. Dexter and junk where people murder each other. Hey, this X-Files was, this... was pretty intense. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, know. that's fair. Well, and then the well, well, he doesn't know because the only episode of X Files Stephen has seen was yeah, the light, the dark. most lighthearted episode possible. Right. The yeah. greatest episode I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> yes, Mulder's scream will live on in my brain, rent free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, well, that ends the show for this week. 
<laughs> As Mulder screams. Um, <laughs> hope you've had a good time. We'll see you next week when we talk about Taxi. Until then, not the mama. Ha, 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 ha.